Welcome to the Release Your Blocks podcast. I am your host, Victoria Bond. I am a spiritual empowerment coach. I help teach others to show up to their potency so they can fulfill their mission here on earth. I'm so glad you are here. And if you are interested in becoming a medium, if you're interested in becoming a life coach, or if you're interested in shifting your life from the 3D to live more in the 5D reality, then check me out, book a clarity call, and let's get chatting. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Release Your Blocks with Victoria Bond. And we have a special guest today, Gemma Sandwell. How are you today, Gemma? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited because this conversation is going to be next level and it is not one that I've had with anybody else up until this point on the podcast. So um, yay, it's going to be amazing. So guys, Gemma is, um, she's actually a friend of mine. She's a fellow coach. Um, We've worked together. So yeah, we've we've got a bit of a history, which is incredible. Um, But she's also an intuitive coach and a mindfulness teacher. So Gemma uses psychology. Um, She's done psychology, actually, a degree. And she also uses science. And she's also using the spirituality and her intuitive abilities, her superpowers. And she actually creates um, her coaching from that. And this is why this conversation is going to be so exciting, because you know, for the for the woo-woo people, sometimes we need to have a little bit of an understanding of the science and the psychology behind actually the human brain, because that is relevant in this life. And also for the, the scientific people who are dabbling with the woo-woo, but they're a little bit scared, they're a little bit, oh God, I don't want to go to woo-woo, um, like really getting an understanding of energy. So this is what your Shine Academy is all about, is about bringing the science, the spirituality, the energy, the mindset, all of these things together. Is that right? Yeah, it is. So um, it really is kind of the culmination of my 13, I've been sort of like a 13 year journey with this stuff. So um, I spent early years in corporate um where I did a variety of roles um, and ended up being a, a trainer and a coach. Um, so I kind of brought my psychology skills into that. I was even um, training coaches to coach at one point in time as well. So I've done all these things. And, um, and my background is very, very science-y. Um, and what happened is throughout, I was kind of ignoring the spiritual side, actually, um, for a long, long time, because I was very much my masculine, very much in that space of, you know, has, everything has to be science, everything has to be data, everything has to be has to be backed up. Um, but there was kind of this voice, there was this nudge, and there was this kind of um, awakening process that happened to me. Um, and within that process, um, I then began to start my spiritual journey to learn Reiki. Um, and that is, you know, I'm now learning mediumship with you, Victoria, which is just really exciting. Um, so, yeah, throughout that journey, I've then started to blend those two modalities and realise that actually it's not one or the other. Um, it's not that you, you know, you're, you're purely spiritual and there's no science and, or you're purely science and there's no spiritual. It's actually all one and the same. And when you look at the work of people like Dr. Joe Dispenza and all of the research in the quantum field, it's like, this is actually the same thing so like to give an example of this I think like manifestation and law of attraction um you know is seen as something that's 
quite spiritual and woo. But when you look at the neuroscience behind it and the, you know, the reticular activating system in the brain, um, you know, our, our brain physically creates kind of a filter for our reality. And in particular, the subconscious brain, um, we, you know, what we put into the RAS will come out of the RAS. Um, when I say RAS, particularly activating system. Um, so therefore, by knowing a bit of our neuroscience in our brain, it can actually help us to, to manifest. And this is, um, this is really important, I think. And I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of kind of spiritual community out there um kind of not you know not not realizing this not realizing there is actually the science behind it and it's all very much one of this one of the same thing um yeah mm. and i think that's why we have so many spiritual entrepreneurs and that's what actually i would call us Gemma. i mean we were just talking before mm-hmm. and yeah we've got many names <laughs> you know <laughs> we, we're like uh we're entrepreneurs we are spiritual leaders we are guides we're all these different things but what really actually um what I'm really actually tapping into in this kind of reality at the moment um, we're in 2021 as we record this um is that the leaders the entrepreneurs are going more so even our own coach we, we actually share the same coach and she was in corporate and she was even her work five years ago or even like two, three years ago was a lot different. It was very much go do this, go do this, go do this, like sales and marketing and da da da. But now she's gone like way woo woo. Um, but so I'm just having that understanding of that corporate or, you know, of that type of those systems and structures, knowing that and knowing that that's just there to support you. But the true work is the inner work. Like I love Joe Dispenza. I listen to him most nights and Amanda Francis. And they've all got something in common. They're highly intelligent. So they utilize the systems and structures to fit them. But, you know, intelligence doesn't really, it only takes you so far. Because joy and happiness, it can't, cannot be bought and it cannot be like, thought into reality like it can be but it has you have to have that backup of the energy like you can't have one without the other right yeah so yeah I think we are expanding and exploding and this and a lot of my audience that will be listening to this as well um are interested in the woo-woo but they're kind of like oh is it too out there is it too woo-woo what is the backup of this I love what you say about the subconscious and um, what is coming in and coming out and all of that type of stuff yeah well, one of the things um I used this word earlier with you didn't I and I don't know if it's actually a word whether I've made it up so I'm just going to put that out there which is the word light washing <laughs> um so and I this is one of my kind of biggest passions at the moment um is thinking about shadow work so there is um, unfortunately so much light washing happening in the spiritual community. And when I say light washing, what I mean by that is this whole, you know, everything is love and light, fake, toxic positivity stuff. And as somebody who has actually, interestingly, when I was very much in my scientific side and, you know, in my corporate past, um, I was accused of this. So when I studied positive psychology, so after I, I studied my degree in psychology, I went on to study positive psychology because it was like really up and coming in the field at the time. And um, I think I was one of the first five people in the UK to study it. So in Australia and New Zealand, you guys are already doing it. Like 
Um, I think you, you guys were doing it in like 2012, 2013. Um, this was 2014. There were only five of us in the UK. And it was such a new kind of scientific understanding around positive emotion, how important it was to tap into positive emotion, things like joy and happiness, because they help us on a neuroscientific level. And the really interesting thing about positive psychology is, you know, all of the researchers say that it is about this scale of emotion. So this scale of positive to negative. So whilst we may want to leverage the ups, we don't forget the downs. And we also, um, you know, we're not just using it when we're in a, you know, in a space of negative emotion and getting to a positive, but if we're already feeling great, like say we're, we're at um, contentment, we might want to get to joy. So kind of using it for the other end of the spectrum as well. But when I started to do this work, and in particular, when I brought it into corporate, it was such a shock because the, you know, uh, I don't know about you guys in New Zealand, but the culture, the organizations, everything is the medical model is so based around what's wrong and how we fix it rather than looking at what's right. So it was a shock to the system. And I was kind of accused of, of this myself, like, oh, this is just that happy, happy stuff that she talks about. Um, and I was like, no, it's not. And the amount of times I'd bring out the neuroscience, um, to show you know all the incredible effects it was having on the brain so um so it was really strange like I, I was kind of accused of this um but then when people began to see the science and, and why it was happening and, and getting it implemented um the the changes in in leadership the changes in coaching like it just had this huge ripple effect um but what I see happening is the opposite of that so you know I see this toxic positivity um happening in the spiritual community this, this light washing of like almost like the fake positivity so it's not even using positive psychology it's saying just plaster a smiley face over it you know like those yellow like 90s <laughs> just plaster one of those smiley faces over it and everything will be okay and pretend that you don't have all of these issues and what happens when we go into that space so i said about the the law of attraction and manifestation earlier what happens when we do that is um we're only dealing with the conscious. So I'm consciously sticking that yellow smiley face on and, you know, walking around, going about my daily life. Um, but I've not not looked in what's actually going on on a subconscious level. So it might be that at some point in my life, um, so I'm going to use anxiety as an example, because this is where I've used it in real tangible ways with myself. So it could be, you know, really easy to kind of go, okay, I've got anxiety, so I'm just going to think positively and I'm going to get through that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to associate myself with anxious. And I, and I do, there is definitely something to that and the, and the label, there's definitely, you know, something to that around, you know, NLP, the label of anxiety. But what we're doing then is we're only looking at the conscious mind. And this is where things like cognitive behavioural therapy will only get us so far, counselling, is incredible but it will only get us so far because we're not going under the iceberg we're not getting under the surface um and this is where shadow work comes in and this is what i believe to be the answer against this light washing is that what was happening for me is of course in my conscious mind i don't want to have anxiety um you know i'm um i'm you know wanting to i, I was massively shy i had huge social anxiety um and 
I, you know, wasn't comfortable, you know, speaking in public. Um, I actually ended up doing a TEDx. I don't know how I did that because, you know, at the time I had huge amounts of anxiety. Um, and subconsciously so I was saying I don't want anxiety. But actually what was happening to me is when I looked into my subconscious, there's always a fear and a desire. So for every state that we have, we're always, there's always a polarity. There's always a, um, a desire for us having that state. And we, you know, we don't want to look at it a lot of the time. You know, why, why on earth would I want to have anxiety? So I'd ask myself that question. Okay, so why would I want to have anxiety? Well, actually, if I'm anxious, then um, I might get help. So people will come and help me. I can have therapy. I can um, eat as a chocolate, you know, whatever it might be for you. Um, there's always going to be a fear and a desire. So if we look into what's actually in the subconscious mind, then what we can do is we can release it because we because we brought it to our conscious awareness. Um, so this is where this light washing is is coming in um, because we're not then looking at the subconscious mind. So um, I I kind of I've just realised talking about this. I, I think this is where I think the shadow work then becomes the bridge. So. And interestingly, in the Shine Academy, it's about halfway through the program where we kind of bridge it and we say, OK, so, you know, neuroscience, habits, positive psychology, mindfulness. Let's look at your fears and desires. What's going on in your subconscious mind? Um, what things might we, might we need to release? What energy may we need to clear and release to then move forward? Um, I kind of see it as the bridge between the two. I think I think I've just like as I'm as I'm articulating this, I think it is that bridge between the two of how do we overcome the light washing? How do we blend that science and spirituality? Actually, it's the shadow work because if we're not facing into the subconscious, um, we're simply manifesting more of that that thing into our lives. So you know, we can't. I strongly believe we can't manifest unless we're looking into. That subconscious belief pattern as well otherwise we're just simply going to be going into a leap with with what's in our subconscious does that make sense i feel like i've just yeah. gone on a no that's thing. awesome <laughs> it makes perfect sense and um it's it's very clear it's very clear that um i see it with my clients all the time they're looping and what happens is if we don't have a problem you know, if we're, if we're happy, if we're making a whole lot of money, right? So mm-hmm. I made a, a huge amount of money last month, this month, actually, still not this month. And the interesting thing is I've just up-leveled. So um, I go, oh, wow, okay, that's a cool amount of money. But I'm not even focused on that. So the reason why I made that money, I believe, is because the month before, I went deep into my subconscious and I shifted. I went into my shadow, just like you're mm-hmm. saying. And this is how I leap every month. Because um, what happened was I had like a, I don't know, like a 10K day or a 20K day or something, something that was, you know, not my reality this time last year. Uh, it was, and what happened was um, my husband comes home and I just start fighting with him and we're fighting and we don't even fight. Like we're just so different. We just don't even fight. And we're like, why are we fighting? We've got a new home, healthy children, a cranking business that is getting better and better and better. And we're just at the beginning of this business, it feels. It's like, you know, really only kind of a year old or a year and a half, two years old, really. Um, And we're kind of looking at each other going, okay, so why are we self-sabotaging? And the fact is this loop, this energy loop hadn't been closed up because there was still somewhere that both of us 
didn't believe that we could have joy, happiness, um, healthy, um, healthy, wealthy. Like we didn't believe we could have it all. And then as soon as we recognize that and realize that actually this is this is actually an unconscious behavior that we're doing. And we actually, I kind of felt like it came from childhood because I'm sure as you would agree, most things do <laughs> because we are conditioned. And what happened was I was like, have our parents, I said to my husband, have our parents ever experienced money, um, being healthy and like being abundant and being joyful all at the same time? And I was like, shit, we've just outgrown our parents from, you know, this particular age um, with the kids and stuff. Now they're, you know, they're older and they're probably healthy and wealthy and all the things. <laughs> but um, we uh, we had to smash out that reality that we thought when we're 38, 39, and we've got little kids, this is what the reality looks like because this is what is playing out. This is what's playing out in society. This is what's playing out here. This is what's playing out there. And I see this happening with my clients as well. How many times are you down at the school, um, you know, school pick up and or you're talking to a, a mum and they go, oh, kids these days, you know, they're so spoiled. These kids these days you know, we didn't have this and you're so lucky and they're putting this pressure onto their children mm -hmm. and conditioning them and we had the same. So when I'm talking to people that are quite unconscious in the areas of what they can actually manifest, I'm noticing, I'm being aware that the limitations that they're putting on uh, from their conditioning and they've, they've raised a little bit, that they have to come in and they have to put um, conditions in, conditions in, on their circumstances because their mind, their brain cannot comprehend how they can have it all. So I think that's a difference between people having abundance and also being joyful and the people that don't. So I don't know if that made sense because I just went on about 10 different tangents then, but what my husband <laughs> yep. and I did is we just literally went, okay, mm -hmm. well, can we have health and wealth and joyfulness? Can we have all of these things? And we're like, yes, we can. We say, are we willing to receive that? Yes, we are. And we've got to the point in our business that money isn't the thing that, it doesn't bring me joy at all. What brings me joy is connection, that deeper, deeper, deeper why, that deeper I, that deeper us, you know, and um, a lot of people haven't even got to that stage yet because they're still focused on, oh, shit, I just need some more money. I just need some more, more money. So I'm sure you can um, coach the shit out of that, really. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like how these these beliefs are formed and this is something I I experienced as a child is like the money is bad belief as well. Um so we we moved um moved houses and I moved schools to a better area when I was ten, I think. And um and I saw like this kind of up level in all areas of my life and was like <gasps> wow like these people have this house and you know and it felt really good and then suddenly I saw my parents reactions um which were things like um oh they're a bit flashy or and then I started to like have all these conditioned beliefs that money was bad um and it wasn't until probably like a couple of years ago when I I had the realization that actually money in the hands of really conscious people is such an amazing thing and how you know how you'd be able to give back on such a level and that money isn't good or bad it's just neutral it's just a resource um but it was like but it's like people don't unless you have a coach or you know you, 
unless you really dig into that shadow work, you're not going to know. And I think this is, and this is actually the title of my TEDx was you can change your life. And I think this is like, this is like what I want to like shout from the rooftops is like, you can change these things, but, but you, but you've got to be kind of, you, you can only change the things you know about. Um, mm. So yeah, I think the more that like, we talk about this kind of stuff and the more we share this kind of stuff, the more, um, you know, it might just start to, someone might just get a little like nugget from it and, and be like, oh, okay, maybe I can look at that. And it will start that process. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. Um, so yeah, it's kind of shining that light, isn't it? And, and that's where, you know, coaching can come in. Um, but yeah, I think even just if, if someone asks themselves like, okay, I've woken up today. I'm feeling really angry today. Um, I felt angry for a couple of days rather than plastering smiley face on it it would be like okay well why might I desire to be angry like what's what's behind that um and actually doing a bit of work around that and allowing yourself to to be angry to express that anger you know to dance journal it out whatever it is that might be to to release that um and then of course move into that high vibrational state um but not trying to force it um and also not not lean into why that might be there as well so I think and it's just so exciting like I I find it like really I'm I'm probably a little bit sad but like when I have something that comes up that I need to do shadow work on I'm like yes come on let me get stuck in let's journal the shit out of this um and I get really excited about it um mm. and then I clear it and then something will happen and I'll up level um so I just think it's the most incredible work it is. And it, and this is something we've been taught not to do. Do not uh, dive into your problems. Do not, uh, yeah, do not, I'm trying to find the right word, but like my, like my mum would say, but, um, you know, like don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on, but we, we've been told these things and we take things literally. So the truth of the matter is when we see, when we see the truth and we acknowledge it and we're aware of it, it takes away the big bad kind of ugly shadow, which the the truth of the matter is, you know, if you pick that up when you were like six years old and then you look at it through the eyes of the, you know, however old you are now, you can look at it as the observer and go, oh, okay, right. So it actually makes it disappear. The shadow is, you know, it's a mouse, you know, it's this tiny little mouse with this this light on it, which makes it so big. So it's not dismissing it, but it's really seeing it for what it is. And I think that's what shadow work, um, it really is. It's kind of going, what deep, dark fears do I have? And are they still relevant? And why am I desiring to hold onto this? What is that giving me? And it's giving me that giving me something more than actually having the ease of it because that's the truth of the matter if you're not making the money if you're not healthy if you're not joyful if you're not happy it's because this shadow is actually giving you something greater than what the light is because we are in a world of polarity we are in this we're in different dimensions all at the same time. Now, we haven't been taught this, but the truth is we've got the mind dimension, we've got this energy dimension, and there's a ton of entities, like there's entities that we've created, and then there's also um, these, these mind, like I was saying to you, Gemma, having those mind viruses, 
we're getting mm. obsessed with a thought and we're both and yesterday we both had a little bit of a wonky day and we're both intuitive coaches and mediums and mindset teachers you know and it's like why are we doing this and we both delve deep into why am I feeling this and what is this still relevant we both realized that what we were feeling wasn't and it was different situations of course um, but we it's not relevant it's not relevant anymore because that actually was the you know that maybe the 15 year old Gemma who was feeling those feelings and the 15 year old Victoria so when we see that and we put on our big girl pants um, really and just go right okay let's put on the pants that fit me now (laughs) they're a bit bigger now (laughs) but you know what I mean it's um what is that shadow actually giving you and what is that truth because the fear of failure, the fear of being seen for who you truly are because you're afraid that it's not actually safe. Mm. Um, that's actually a lot of the time not relevant anymore. And the minute you see that, and like you said, if one person hears this podcast and they got that golden nugget and it it mm. literally starts transforming them into more consciousness just from the vibration, just from the energy of this vortex, then our job is done, you know, because you're not here to understand everything we're saying on an intellectual kind of basis. You know, I didn't do psychology, but I've got a life full of experience and um, understanding what is coming up, seeing it, and then going, what am I actually choosing now? So using questions like, um, I know we we did a podcast for you and we're talking about who does this belong to return to center with consciousness. And you're talking about, you know, the desire um, the desire of holding onto it and all of those types of things. So the questions you said is like, you know, why am I desiring to feel angry? Mm-hmm. Um, and another question could be, you know, like, why am I choosing this? And what else could I choose that I'm not aware of yet? Because like you said, Gemma, we are not aware of what we're not aware of. Like people don't realize that they can have like 10 plus K months with ease or 100K months. Like, or, you know, $500,000 years with ease just because they're themselves. They, it doesn't even comprehend for them, but they've never asked the question, is this available for me? What could I do to tap into that energy? And if they're not asking for it, then how can it even begin to manifest? And there's another layer to this as well, just um, which is around uniqueness. So I think this this is again this is another thing I think to get across like is that we are you I mean you and I you know we use human design you know and that's and that's one example of our uniqueness in in the Shine Academy we use strengths um, and this also plays into that polarities piece as well because um, a lot of us believe um, you know especially those of us doing intuitive spiritual work a lot of us kind of believe that. Um, we aren't good enough that we're you know oversensitive that we I think I think a lot of us who've been on any kind of spiritual journey and are intuitive have had a moment in our lives where uh, those gifts um, at the time don't seem like gifts they seem like unwanted gifts um, mm-hmm. so like my my example of this was I was um, in my corporate job I was working in London and at the time I was working in London was when I had my um, like kind of massive spiritual awakening, which couldn't have come at a worse time when I was, um, you know, 
burst wide open and was suddenly surrounded by this hustle bustle, these big buildings, this toxic energy. Um, and I was just floored energetically. And I thought there's something massively wrong with me. Um, I even like, I was even doing the shadow work. So this, this was a situation where like, I didn't necessarily need to do the shadow work on it because it was like, what, why is London traumatic? What about my childhood is triggering me about London? You know, I kind of went in these loops. And it was just basically that I'd had a spiritual awakening. I'd, I'd been on this journey of learning mindfulness as well, which was building my awareness, which was kind of sense, sensitive, sensibly, that's a new word, um, which is like, you know, opening up on my senses to everything. I was becoming more intuitive. And it was like, damn, London, people, <laughs> London, people, buildings, toxic energy. Um, and I went to the doctors and I said, um, I just can't cope. I just can't cope. London is making me physically ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor said, here you go. Here's some beta blockers. And I remember the moment of getting in my car with this prescription in my hand. So the doctor said to me, take these. They'll dull your sensations. And, and this is the reason why the Shine Academy is called the Shine Academy, right? Because it was like, take these. They'll dull it down. And then you can just get on my life in London. And I remember that moment I sat in the car, I looked at the prescription and I went, nah, and I ripped it up. <laughs> now I'm not saying, I'm not saying there isn't a place for medication. There absolutely is. Um, but what I began to learn with the right spiritual teachers and coaches is I began to learn that, that was a gift and that I was highly sensitive, that I was intuitive, um, that I am an introvert and that's okay. Um, and that is my gifts and that is my superpowers. And that is what I help others with is that, you know, I can help you transform that into a superpower and we don't see it. And so, um, yes, you know, we need to do the shadow work. Um, it's really, really important. But sometimes just to balance that, some of these things can be gifts as well. Um, and I think this is when we do the shadow work and we clear, you know, clear out these triggers or, you know, if you believe, I've, I was watching a video today, so this is kind of hot off the press. Um, a lot of this links to karma from previous lifetimes as well. Um, and shadow work can actually clear not only childhood, but it's, it's clearing the karma from the previous lifetimes. And then once we clear that karma and we just become that sort of clear vessel, um, then we can actually see what our unique gifts are. And, and so there was nothing wrong with me. Um, I did not have some trauma related to London. I was an incredibly gifted being that needed to shine her light even brighter. Um, mm. And I had that moment of choice, you know, that moment of like that split second where I could have gone into the pharmacy and got the drugs versus that choice that I made um, to to rip it up and to step into my power. Um, yeah. Another tangent, but hopefully relevant. That's a beautiful story, and it's very similar to mine, actually. Apart from the fact that if someone did give me drugs, I would have taken them. I was at that point. Um, And actually, thank God that the doctor didn't give them to me. Interesting enough, I was always like, um, half of me was like, fuck you, to the doctor, because I didn't say that to her because she wouldn't give me the drugs. Um, Or my husband, because we went in on the same day, because we we're both depressed. We've got these two beautiful little children. And we were we felt like we were dying, you know, and there was no sleeping in our house. I was I was going insane as well as having spirit um and 
all of these gifts, just like you experience these sensitivities that we were having. I couldn't even leave the house. Spirit, something just happened. Sorry. Uh-huh. As you said, spirit, Zoom just, the things just started moving around on Zoom just now. I haven't touched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. So it, it's just so interesting because, like, it's with with these with these drugs and stuff and with okay so I've just been doing a program with Eckhart Tolle and the most amazing thing about it is he says you know people go through a massive like breakdown really so a lot of people go through a breakdown and people and I'm sure um, you could explain this with your psychology but what happens is we literally die like a part of us dies and then our human goes are we going to die or are we going to live? Like, what are we going to do? And we, we both had to make those choices. Do we take the pills? And mine was like, do I lo- die or do I live? Now, I wasn't going to physically go and kill myself, but I knew, I knew that if I made that choice not to live to my fullest, I was going to settle. I was going to settle for an average marriage. I was going to settle to be an average mum. I was going to settle to be an average this and an average that. And I always said that I was perfectly average. I'd already um, created that in my head because I'm not highly intellectual. um, I wouldn't be able to do psychology because I can't spell, you know. So I felt like I was basically, you know, I I didn't even try at school because it was too hard. So I thought I might as well even try. I'm going to fail. I was always told I was average too. and. The point of the story is like it's when you make that choice to live or die, it's not just a physical one. Living is about waking up and going, what can I do today? What can I do? Now, you and I both have been throwing so many curveballs. We both could have cried and given up and gone on the meds. And this happens to a lot of people. But like Eckhart Tolle said, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people take their lives and if, if they didn't take their life, they were on that point of awakening. Mm-hmm. Awakening is not light washing. Awakening yeah. is not putting it under the carpet. I know that. I was brought up with putting problems under the carpet. I understand what that is. And I, I chose not to choose that anymore. So that day when that, that doctor didn't give us the medication, both of us, that day where Luke and I had to decide to live or die. And I used to say to him, I want to die. I want to jump. And he'd be like, you are such a psycho. You're so psycho. You're so, you're you're like, what are you up to? And I was like, I want to die. (laughs) And he was like, inside, he wanted to die too. And I know this sounds really negative, but what I'm trying to show here is that our health, our wealth, our happiness is all real now. It's real. And that was only... It was only a few years ago. That was only four years ago. We were both at the doctors. My husband went, went and jumped off a cliff into water. And it was the first day we had had, which was a good day, the first day in a couple of years because we were so exhausted. Um, and he actually um, fractured his spine. So he had six months off work and he was um, and he was just, we were just about to buy a business as well because we were doing the whole, okay, let's just do the human thing. And the interesting thing about it was um, going through that breakdown and Luke hurting his back and us having this do we live, do we die, awoke us up. In that hospital, I sat there and I said, how could you do this? I'm so angry at you. You went and you broke your back, literally. 
and and we looked at each other and we had these I'm feeling quite emotional actually and he had, we had these tears in our eyes and he said oh my god I could have died and it was that moment that we realized that all of the stuff we've been going through wasn't insignificant but we had a choice to live and we've lived every day since and that means we wake up and we live it we both woke up now you don't have to have a huge like drama like that like both of us you know have been through um you know when you went to London and you were impacting on everybody and I was impacting after having children and stuff but Sometimes the the biggest things like that, the biggest traumas are the things that wake us up and then we get that choice. Do we live or do we die? And that is not a physical thing. It can be a physical thing, but you can choose to wake up and see the beauty in the shadow of what that trauma was trying to teach you. So that's why shadow work um, is so good because you dive deep into that. You know, you don't have to stay in that hole. You can shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And like our coach says to us, Gemma, she's always like unapologetically shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had something that I was going to say. And you know, you're just like, oh, it's gone. I think, oh, that was it. So a friend of mine has a phrase <laughs> that she uses, which is, um, I see dead people. <laughs> and she doesn't mean that in the sense like that you do with your medium work, Victoria. She means that in the sense that there's just, there are so many people. I'm also like the Matrix films coming into my head at this point in time as well. Like there's so many people just walking around like dead people. And actually it's like, there's a whole, no, this is Aladdin, there's a whole new world. There's a whole new world out right there. <laughs> Um, you know life can be different you can have this kind of joyful existence but we don't get there through light washing um no, we get don't. there through through applying the neuroscience of applying the habits to our lives doing the deep inner work doing the healing and that is what makes us shine not by plastering light all over a shitty situation um because that's that's just as bad as walking around in the in the shit because you're still in the shit you just haven't um you just plastered over it um so yeah I'm, I, you can probably tell I'm on, a bit of, <laughs> I'm on a bit of a mission um with this stuff because um I think yeah just you know if I can just help one person just see that their reality could be slightly different even if it shifts them like sometimes it just takes that ripple of like one percent even um mm just to realize the things that can be changed and how that impacts, how that can impact on your business. So like my own example of this is that I, um, so another thing that I'm passionate about, so I've got all these things. I'm, I'm an MG in human design, um, which means this conversation's been very non-linear as well. So sorry about that. Um, but the, I, my first business coach that I hired, um, which was when I was doing my business as a side hustle in, this is about 2016, um, said to me, well, you're really good at mindfulness. So just, just calm down. Kind of was her, you know, was her theory really. Just calm down and just focus on one thing because you're so all over the place. So you just need to like niche it down, just calm down, just teach your mindfulness courses. So I went off, took her advice and all of my psychology, my positive psychology um I was you know starting to kind of get these niggles of like um 
so I'd, I'd already had at this point a, lay, uh, a medium say to me you need to be a Reiki healer so like all of this this stuff was going on I was pushing it all down and all I was doing was teaching my mindfulness courses and so I wasn't shining yes I was shining for specific people that wanted to come and learn mindfulness you know there's a very specific pool of people that um wanted to do an eight-week mindfulness course um but I was teaching them that thinking okay well let's let's just like I felt like I was like um disobeying my coach because I was like well let's just bring a little bit of the positive psychology in let's just bring a little bit of this in let's just do meditation and see if spirit comes in you know and I was kind of doing like discreetly like putting all these other things in but massively I've done in my lightning focusing on one thing um and I think this is the thing as well is that like everyone has these incredible unique gifts and talents um and actually shining your light is is about bringing those all together and using all of those and being being all of you um and actually yeah I did have to do a lot of that shadow work to go through that process and I see this in my clients as well you know it's like um it's like you're opening a gate for them and once once that gate is open and I'm sure you see this with your clients as well once that gate is open they just it's just like letting a horse off at the start of a race you know they just flourish and Um, some horses are faster than others yeah it doesn't that doesn't actually mean anything because the thing is you know one horse I see this all the time. I'm sure you see this as well, Gemma. Like, I'll have people that are so active in my programs. They'll consume it so fast. They'll love it. They'll be the most um, active. They will talk the most. They will be like, and they love it. And you're like, yay, This I love interaction. This is great. And then what happens is they burn out real quick. They don't integrate it as fast. And they go, and they end up back at square one and you're like, oh, like, how did that happen? But then you've got these other people who are a little bit slower on it. This is just showing that we're all different. And people go, I'm so slow, Victoria. I'm so slow, Victoria. I'm like, oh, my God, there is, there's no such thing. There's no, there's no race, right? And these people, a lot of the time, will stay with me for years and years and years and years and you think they're not getting anything out of it because they're like I'm not getting it I'm not getting it I'm not getting it because of course we go to our mind even as coaches because we want to serve the best we can and then they have these huge awakenings so there's I I woke up overnight basically that's what happened to me it sounds like a similar thing happened to you as well Mm -hmm. we had a build up and then we kind of woke up so that's why we're like really like yeah <laughs> exactly and it's, it's amazing no one can see my hand movements because we're on the podcast I'm doing this kind of like finger clicking oh, finger fast. Yeah. Boom. yeah just to describe it for everyone listening just so you don't miss that <laughs> yeah and it can it can happen that fast but at the same time being in the vortex of this podcast being in the vortex with each other and I know we were talking before this podcast saying we're both rising together we're quantum leaping together because we're in each other's vortex that's what's happening um that's enough for people if they're following you on the intuitive entrepreneur on your Facebook group or on me for holistic energy shifting um or listening to our podcast right um whatever it is it doesn't matter how much kind of interaction they're having with us it's a choice on whether they are willing to shift and change their level of consciousness and how much work they're willing to do now this deep shadow work of course having a coach to help you through it to actually bring up the stuff so you feel safe is a really good idea 
But there's nothing from stopping you from going to have a bath and asking the questions, um, the questions of what is my deepest, darkest, 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 darkest fears? What are my deepest, 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 darkest fears that I don't want anyone to know? Mm. And I don't know about you because you do a lot more of the shadow work with your coaching than I do, but when I was looking at that and I was doing um, a little bit of that work myself, I was like, oh, that's really uncomfortable. Like what if everyone finds out, you know, that I'm just me? Like (laughs) because people put you on a pedestal and we put people on a pedestal and it depends on your human design, of course, on how you, you react to people and whatever. But at the end of the day, we're just all these beings having this experience in this human body. And we have total choice. We can choose to awake up. We can choose to die. And there is a whole lot of dead people walking around. And that mm-hmm. is exactly what I what started to inspire me to interview people for um, Mum's Time to Shine, which was a few years mm-hmm. ago, was I was wake, I woke up and I was like, whoa. And I woke up like nothing I'd ever seen. And I was like, oh, I've got to help the entire world. I'm awake. I'd never been awake like that before. And I wanted to help all these mums that I could see that were totally not choosing to live. Yeah. I'm going to put my children first. I'm busy being busy. I've got a side hustle. I, I do Tupperware as well as working a job and trying to be a good friend. And the kids are freaking me out. And I'm seeing all these people distracted from their truth. And that's what really got me passionate. And now I work with coaches and practitioners and people wanting to do mediumship and whatnot. But you have a choice. Do you want to be awake or do you want to be asleep? And I'm sure you doing after doing psychology would would be able to tell us that, of course, we're not always awake. Like <laughs> Yeah. And it's another thing where I was about to say it and then I've lost it because I tracked my train of thought. What was it? Um what was it about? <laughs> you went walking around, not awake. I, I completely lost the train of thought. What was it? Um no, it's gone. I'm sure it'll come back. I'm, I'm sure, sure it will come. come it's the beauty yeah, of the think, mind. Yeah, it is that. Th- it, oh, I know what it was. So this is another thing. This is something I see an awful lot with clients as well. And I think you and I have probably been there as well, which is that when you wake up and then you see and then you, you want to go into fix mode. So yes. this is another thing is like I was um, highly sensitive. I was an introvert and the amount of people that say to me, how did you do a TEDx? Like you're, you're saying you're an introvert. You're saying you're a highly sensitive person. You're saying you're an empath. How did you deal with that situation of being on stage in front of thousands of people? Um, you know, having to remember a talk word for word, you know, time accounting down in front of you. Um, I wasn't on until 4 PM that day. So I had to go through the stress of like the anticipation of like the whole thing. Um, and if I'd have done that a year or maybe even six months previous, I, I probably would have had a breakdown. Um, I've always had this, um, well, I did, but I've, I've always had this. Kind I'm of not going to lie, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did, like earlier. But, um, you know, I've always, always had this kind of desire. And I think this is kind of what, I think this is the, like the, the magic is that this, I know things can be different. So, um I remember being a child and watching, this is the second Disney reference of the podcast, just realised, watching Beauty and the Beast, you know, when she would run up the fields in France and she would say, there must be more to this life. 
And I used to look at her and I used to go, yeah, there must be. There must be more out there. There's a whole world out there. Um, and that was enough to kind of drive me to that point of TEDx. But mm. there was all of this anxiety, all of this low confidence kind of in 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 the way of that, almost like this push-pull, this yin-yang. There's a whole world out there, but no more, I have to play it small. Um, and so when I awakened, what I started to do was try to fix everyone. And oh, um, I, I didn't yeah. do that at yeah. all. <laughs> trying to fix everyone. Um, you know, I can like come look at this thing, so especially in corporate, right? Come look at this thing over here. Like I was working with with um leaders who were leading teams in corporate, and I'd be like, look, I can see this thing with your team. Like, all you need to do is just do a strengths profile on them. And you know, and just just come, just come look at this and come look at this. And I could see, I could see all these things that needed fixing. And um, and what started to happen is I was leaking loads of energy because I was trying to fix everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this happen with my clients as well. They start to get a nugget and then they try to fix their partners, their kids, their, you know, they kind of go on to this, like they get so excited about it. Um, and that starts to leak energy. And then where I was at is I was leaking so much energy that that was then fueling like the, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm highly sensitive. I can't deal with this. I don't have enough energy because I'm, because I'm so highly sensitive to it all. And you were um, trying to prove, right? You were also trying to prove, yeah, prove your prove worth it. because yeah. um, you'd learned this stuff and it was your, this is where that light washing um, annoys me a little bit sometimes because it's like, oh, I've got this gift, so I have to share it with every single person I know. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't share it, yeah, then I'm yeah. not doing my mission on earth. And then you start oozing and oozing and oozing and oozing and then you basically fuck yourself. It's ego, isn't it, at that point? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, when I, I remember when I first did my human design, so I was a manifesting generator and I had my reading and she said to me, you are such a big energy and you can manifest. And I was like, what? No, I'm not a big energy. And I remember saying to, I remember saying to our coach, how can I, like, I'm an introvert. Are you, like, how does that work? And it was just basically because I had these energy leaks. So as soon as I stopped fixing, as soon as I started, um, just standing in my power and, and setting boundaries. I even um, I even cut. It's not an issue anymore because I've split up with my partner. But um, I even, I'd even like cut out some toxic family members um, as well that like, were really, really, really toxic and were making me really physically ill when I spent time with them. Um, I don't think any of them will ever listen to this podcast. So I think it's fine for me <laughs> to say that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you know, it was like stuff like that, certain boundaries. And I closed all these energy leaks. And then it was like, whoa, okay. And then, you know, clients started coming in. Um, people were coming in out of nowhere. Money was coming in out of nowhere. I was, um, and I was manifesting things. And it was like, oh, do you know what? I am a big energy and I'm going to own that. Um, and I don't know what point I was trying to make this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you I think, are a um, big energy. I've, I promise yeah. you, you you are a big energy. Um, <laughs> and I can only kind of align and work with people that are authentic in their energy because I'm a projector in the human design. I thought I was a managing, but I'm a projector. And that's why I could never, that's why I do hit exhaustion if I'm not watching myself because um, I'm a classic projector. So, I'm, you know, I, I do have limited energy. Um, but I'm so fucking psychic and I'm very aware of other people's energy, like to the point where 
um, yeah, like it's just ridiculous how aware I am. I can read the energy more than the words and that messes with me. So anyone who feels that this is resonating is in like, you know, oh yeah, I can see the lies and the motives and the agendas and all these things when someone's talking to me and I'm like, you're lying to me, even though you're smiling. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not crazy because this is legit. Like, and that's why you and I, Gemma, were so attracted to each other. And and we talked about that on the last podcast we did. We're like, oh my God, yo, what's up? Like, and I think the first time we talked, it was like, hey, I, I think, I don't know who reached out to who, but we ended up having this conversation, which I don't do with everybody because I've got limited energy. And it was, it was like, like a dating site. It was like, it was like, hey, I'm attracted to you. I'm attracted to you. This is magnetic. It was really funny. Yeah, let's play. <laughs> I think we went straight to the whole, we're going to work together or do something. Don't know what it is, but this is going to be exciting. And then we just kept tapping in. And, um, you know, that's because we are good at reading energy and it's a clean energy. Now we can see, you know, leaky energy. We can see ego. We can see um, uh, people that are unconscious. And we can see that because we're not in judgment of it because we have been all of those things. This leaky energy that you're talking about, this is something that, of course, I go straight into with magnificent mediumship is the leaky energy because um, it's something that I have done. I know it very, very well. And I wanted, you were talking about healing every single person, you know, and using these gifts. And I realized that I was an energy clearer before I realized I was a medium because it was just like, you know, God gave me what I could handle at the time. And even though I thought I was going to die. Um, and it was very much, I cleared every single person I knew. I basically went through my yearbook at school. I cleared everybody um, because I, I was told that I was a star seed and I was gifted. So once I get my, got my head around that, the fact that I was actually not from this planet, which blew my mind being brought up religious, um, I had to re-change everything that I'd ever believed and dropped it all and started again. I tried to clear all these people and that was taking me away from my children and from my husband and from myself because I was externally trying to gift my gifts to the world um, and for what people go, thanks, Vic, thanks, thanks, Vic, thanks, thanks, Vic. But I'm sitting there for two hours doing all of this free work and this light washing thing, coming back to that, you know, it's this money code thing because I have a gift. I have to do this. Yeah. No, you don't. Just because you, this is what you're saying about your clients. You know, you, they go home and they try to fix hubby and the kids and all these things with one of the tools you've given them. And I see that with my relational blocks clients as well. And they'll go ahead and they'll be like, you need, you need to do this. Or they learn about human code of behavior. You need to do this. You're doing this. You're doing this. And I go, but you can't change those per that person because you're judging them. And who are you to judge them judging others? Or who are you to judge them judging you? Um, when you decided to cut those toxic people out of your life, it's not because you were judging them. It's because you were not available for their energy. Now, that's totally different than trying to, to change them. So for anyone who's listening to this, um, if you're still keeping up with this conversation, um, I would say, you know, whatever you get from this, do the inner work on you. Allow others around you to allow them to, you know, grow within the vortex. Because the thing is, you know, Gemma, unfortunately, or fortunately, your your marriage didn't work. And this is what happens when you're choosing yourself. You could have chosen to make it work for him and to coach the shit out of him and to pinpoint where he could change and shift and stuff like that. And I'm sure you still have a deep love. You know, um, it's it's not about trying to fix somebody. 
marriages don't necessarily work or friendships don't necessarily work or clients don't necessarily work because of the soul agreement that we have. And also we're not here to fix anybody. They can rise with us, but that is their choice. Just as it was yours to live or die and to take those meds to rip that up. I had the same choice. Now, when I committed, I don't know about you, Gemma, but I'm pretty sure um, you'll agree with this. When I chose to live, that meant I was willing to lose everything. Now, I probably draw the line at my kids. I probably would give up myself for my kids. That's my human brain. Like, sorry, I understand that they're beings and I understand the whole way it works, but I wouldn't leave my children on this human plane, on this on this um, physical plane. I wouldn't do that. Um, but I would certainly um, be willing to lose everything, all the content of my life for I my did. truth. I did. I, lo- I lost my home. Um, I bought six years ago, bought a dream cottage in the English countryside. It was their forever home. Um, we had renovated it. It had a huge garden, which I was completely in love with. And I meditated in every morning. There was views of the fields. There was nowhere else like it that I had seen. It was absolute dream home. Then I had my spiritual awakening. And as part of that, I was in corporate. I was running my business on the side. And the message from spirit is that I needed to leave corporate because like, I was so confined by that by that work and it was super super scary and spirit was like you need to make the leap you need to make the leap you need to make you're not listening you're not listening and that's why I was floored because I was not listening um and actually it was flooring me so that I could then rise up and kind of bring these gifts and share these gifts and share that you know sensitivity is a really good thing um but unfortunately that meant that to leap fully into my business so knowing what I know now and, I, and this is still not clear in my mind, but knowing what I know now, I think I potentially could have stayed there and made the leap anyway. But my, it sounds weird because quite recent, my ex, uh, my ex was very, very, you know, very practical, very logical and um, didn't necessarily put pressure on me, but said, right, well, if, if you're going to leave, then we're going to have to reduce our outgoings. Um, if you're going to leap into your business, then we're going to have to do this. Even though, like, I knew in my heart that it would, if I'd, you know, in fact, it's even in my design, you know, take the leap and the net appears. Um, so, yeah, I actually gave up my dream home, moved into the suburbs, paid off some of the mortgage to enable me to follow what spirit was telling me and to take that leap into my business. And it was just like, and do I still miss that home? Yes. But is my purpose more important and more aligned and not being burnt out from corporate? Yes. Um, and I've also let, like we've talked about, I've also let my relationship go because it wasn't serving me. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't aligned. Um, my ex worked for the organisation that I used to work for as well. So that he was still bringing that energy into the home. Um, and I've had to let everything go. So I've literally, yeah, I, you say about it, like, literally, I have, I have, I've lost friends who've just kind of not aligned anymore and have gone. Um, I've lost a home, not lost it, like lost it, but made the choice, made the choice to leave it, um, to follow my, my path, to follow my purpose, to follow that, um, 
you know, and it's it's been super super rewarding. I've you know had the most amazing the most amazing couple of years. So mm. I don't know what point I was going to make with that, but <laughs> no, I think this is someone needs to hear this though. Someone needs to hear yeah. this because I don't know about you, Gemma, but I was definitely brought up in a household where there was many sacrifices. Um, There was not a choice of whether we leave or we stay because a marriage is under the eyes of God in the church and divorce was just not, um, it just was not a thing. Um, And I held on to those beliefs until I was probably about, uh, I think I kind of started waking up about 30. That's when shit really started hitting the fan. And um, I started thinking, oh my God, I'm holding shame and toxic stuff and being a projector and being very open. um, I had this awareness because my solar plexus is open that I've been holding my mum's energy and coaching her since I was a baby. Like Mm. I had dinner with her the other night. I love my mum. She's amazing. Um, But she cannot emotionally support me in any way, shape or form. She doesn't know how. um, So it's not actually her fault, but I'm very good at emotionally supporting because I've had a whole lot of practice since I was a baby Um, and on an energetic and a physical basis, really. Um, And, you know, but we have to look at our perspectives or our perceptions of what is reality and whose reality we're really living. Because when I look at you and, you know, you've lost your, your dream home, your husband, um, so you're a divorcee or not quite, but, um, and, you've lost friends and family members, all these different things, like on one plane that looks like, oh, that didn't work, you poor Mm. thing. People buy into that reality. I've never once, and, you know, I was kind of with you when that stuff was going on. Like, I, you know, I was there and I never once said, poor you. I never once thought it and I never once said it because I'm like, I'm here for you. You're growing and well done for choosing you. And I said that also to one of my um, clients who went through my relationship blocks and then my mediumship program, and she realized that she wasn't her and her partner. It was just quite toxic. So she has like four kids and um, it just was not working. She ended up homeless. She ended up homeless. She's a managing as well. And she messaged me on Christmas Eve and she said, I'm in my, my car and I've got nowhere to stay tonight. My three-year-old or four-year-old is with her dad and I've just, I'm going to sleep in my car. And I'm like, okay, well, can I do anything about this? She's my client. What are the boundaries here? And I went, I'll get you somewhere to stay for the night. So I got her a a sleep out to go stay in. Um, And then she came over for breakfast because she hadn't eaten. Um, Now, did I ever feel sorry for her? No, she was homeless and I didn't feel sorry for her. In fact, when we were having a group call, I turned around to everyone whose faces were like, oh, and I said, can we not feel sorry for her, please? Because yeah. I thought, don't insult yeah. her. Yeah. Don't insult her. Yeah, yeah she's homeless. Yeah. That's she's, amazing. She's, yeah, yeah, she's choosing this. And, you know, now the post I'm seeing with her online, she got a home. She had to go into emergency care. Um, like all these things don't make sense in this reality. But holy moly, I was just like, and every now and then she'd message me and freak out. And there was a bit of victim mode mentality in there because she was blaming and uh, when we did have a one-to-one, I said to her, no more victim, no more of this blaming. You're choosing this. I don't care. He could be the biggest asshole in the world. It's, it's going straight through my ears. Mm. What are you choosing? 
What do you want? How much money do you want to bring in? Because you've got everything available to you right now. You chose all of this and you can do absolutely incredible things. And she nearly quit because she was like, am I going to be able to pay Victoria? Mm -hmm. She's still paying me big money and she's homeless and she's not eating. And I was just like, oh God, like what am I going (laughs) to do here? And then I realized it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to stick to the deal and deliver. And that is I'm available for you if you require it as your coach to support you. And the best way I can support you is to let you know that you've got this. You've got this. Everything's going to be fine. And now she's got these pictures on social media of all of her her courses that she's done. She's smiling. She's going, watch this space. And she's going to explode. I never once felt sorry for her. I never once felt sorry for you. I never once feel sorry for people that are choosing a different reality because if I was to feel sorry for people, and I'm sure you're the same with this and people who are listening, I want them to understand why not to feel sorry for people. This is a projector in me as well, is because all you're doing is fueling their victimization. All you're doing is fueling that polarity between how the other hurt them or how they are different. When the truth is, we all have exactly the same amount of opportunity to create money and health and joy. And you just hit hit on something, hit on a nerve for me there and something I want to share, which is um, not just light washing in the spiritual community. And I don't know what the word is here, but coach the coaching community this is another thing that I'm super passionate about. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this like because there is a bit of a kind of, um, you know, I'm, I'm an ICF coach and there is a little bit of within this community. If I'm an ICF coach or not, and I'm not talking about that, but coaching as a means of empowerment and coaching as in, you know, you're great at this, you know, really asking the questions and getting your clients to to dig deep and have their own thought process and being empowered there's a lot of and I need to like I, I it's not light washing it's maybe it's like that victim victim washing I don't know <laughs> um there's so many coaches out there calling themselves coaches um when they're not coaching they're mentoring or they're telling um and actually that's doing so much damage because people are not then feeling empowered to make their own decisions to have their own thought processes and you know like like you said to me like you're choosing you and that's sort of that's so important and we need to be we all need to be as coaches doing that more um you know lifting each other up empowering each other empowering your clients um you know not saying don't worry I'll take that away and fix that for you um that empowering is what shifts and changes and changes us changes the world and changes those around us as well because and we picked up on this earlier the more that we and I know Eckhart talks about this as well the more that we be the change the more those around us change and and we know bringing back to the science we know this through the quantum field because we're sending out a different Mm. frequency from our bodies when we change so that's Mm. shifting the field it's then shifting our mum our dad our sister our grandparents are you know it's 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 about that empowerment and I, again I don't know what point I'm trying to make with that but <laughs> it just yeah it just prompted that thought as well around you know let's let's empower people let's let's yeah. help them have their own thought processes rather than telling them or, or fixing them exactly and that's where you know I've noticed a big change in my coaching as well I used to tell people 
I'd be like, I need to tell him everything. Even a year ago, I need to tell you everything I've learned because I know how you can change. Um, mm. And what I noticed was I'd be saying, telling everybody things, doing massive big trainings with slideshows, all the things. And because that's what the t- I love learning. I learned from my coach, Donna Lisa, like that. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I was just <laughs> wanting to consume that information. Yeah. She also does um, coaching properly, where, you know, where she's actually not just teaching, she's coaching too. But I wanted to go and just bombard everybody with information. And everyone got chunked out. And I'd say, is there any questions? And everyone would just look at me like they were just done. So I've changed my coaching where um, even in my mediumship, I'm like, what are you seeing right now? What are you feeling right now? Um, What is going on right now? And I'm talking to the brain, I'm talking to the being. um, And with with my clients, anyone who comes to me and they want me to give them results, then they're still... Uh, functioning from a codependent um, fix me um, external thing where coaches are and this is what I love about coaches this is what I love about our coach our very high level you know um, um, high investment coach is that she will very rarely tell us what to do if ever she will always say what do you know now that is a really good coach like um, and, you know, one day I hope I'm that good enough where I can actually just ask a question. For now, I'm like, can I share with you my experience? And I'm a projector, so I am meant to share. I've got, I've got to like actually say that. But um, it's just so interesting because a good coach is there to help you bring, come up to your own conclusions and have awareness. Now, people go, oh, this coaching thing, this coaching thing. And now people that are not really wanting or choosing to do the work. Because the coaches ask you the hard questions. The funny thing of the paradox with that is they're the most basic questions. What do you know? What is coming up for you? And what are you choosing? Mm-hmm. I mean. And can I just say, I have seen this in action and you are an amazing coach. So do not do yourself disservice. Because <laughs> I've, I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've felt it. I've seen it with my own eyes. So just going to call you out. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> So the basic simple questions, and I just want anyone, who, mums that are listening to this, because I know I've got a lot of mums in my audience, this is the same thing that you want to do with your children. And I, I talk about conscious parenting a little bit, and that's what I do with my kids. I don't tell them when to go to bed. I don't tell them that they have to eat their dinner. I tell them that, well, the deal and deliver is if you don't eat your dinner, then you can't have pudding, like, because, like, it's just sorry, but, you know, you're obviously hungry. <laughs> Like that's just kind of, I, I don't let them take the piss kind of type of thing. But, you know, it's kind of like, are you tired? Do you need to go to bed now? If they're starting to get really, really tired. And I'll be like, do you remember? What happens if you stay up too late? Like, and I'll, I'll, I just, that's how I parent. I have never, and this is what part of my breakdown, I could never parent like a normal person because I knew that my children weren't meant to go to bed at seven. My kids are like running around till 8.30. And then now they're putting themselves to bed. They're six and they're eight. And I never say eat your peas, eat your peas, eat your peas, because I'm sorry, but like peas don't really work for me, so they may not work for the kids, like because of our actual gut. Like pretty really intuitive, weren't they as well? Mm-hmm. And that's so important to you know, as somebody. And we haven't even talked about this today, and we won't go down that road. If anyone wants to know, I, I do talk about this in other other ways. But I actually saved my family's life when I was eight years old, and. Um, through my psychic gifts and pushed all that down and yeah if if somebody had said to me 
how do peas make you feel? <laughs> you know, like if somebody had nurtured those intuitive gifts for me, then, you know, this would be a whole different story. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's so important. Broccoli. That I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. And food like broccoli and stuff, a lot of people don't realise that broccoli and green food, anything that grows above the surface is full of oxalates, which is basically like little shards of like kind of like diamonds, like glass to keep um, predators from not eating too much. Mm-hmm. So here we are making our kids eat all these green foods. And like, like, don't quote me. This is just my my personal opinion. There's some science there, but I'm definitely not a nutritionist or anything. But when we're forcing people to eat particular things and act and go to bed at a particular time, like my children are both many gens. So mm-hmm. they've got to exert as much energy out as possible. And then they crash out and they're happy kids. Um, I actually need to go to bed before them sometimes. And my husband's a generator. But what we do in our family, and this is the same with our coaching clients and our friends and everybody, is, you know, like my husband was, my son was being a bit of a, ah, like yesterday. So he's got an open solar plexus as well. Um, and he was like, I want to eat now. And he's got a bit of anger and it's coming through. And I was like, oh, goodness. Um, anger. <laughs> yeah, hanger. He gets hangry. And my, my husband turned around and goes, CJ, who does this belong to? And he actually said that as well, because I believe that how we parent and how we're in our relationships and how we're with our clients and how we are with the supermarket lady. Like you said, this amazing story about this, like the ladies at the supermarket yeah. today and a manifestation yeah. of just these people in your vortex. Everyone is in your vortex. How we are with them is has a ripple effect. So with my kids, my kids are not just little children that are a pain in the ass because I need to feed them and they cost money, which a lot of mothers have that point of view. Mm. Um, they're these beings that give me gifts every single day. And I can ask them questions. What do you know about that? What is your truth about that? Who does that belong to? And um, okay, are you willing to let that go now? Like simple questions like that. And they're just like these happy kids. And I actually let them um, come up to their own decisions all the time. So that is what a good coach is um, and a good mother and a good. Um, you know, friend and all of those things as someone not energy leaking your stuff all over the place and trying to prove that you're a good mum or partner or whatever, because that there is actually not being authentic. Being authentic is going, what is actually true for me? And, you know, looking at your own shadow. And neuroscientifically, that's when everything starts to shift. That's when the fight or flight mechanism in the brain starts to starts to shift we start to shift into that place where our prefrontal cortex and I'm going to bring some words (laughs) prefrontal cortex um is then becoming fueled and that's when we we then manifest and we then bring all those things into our lives it's it's that simple isn't it not fixing setting boundaries and stepping into your truth and power it really is that simple um even though we've talked about a million things on this podcast I feel like actually that is what it's about those things setting those boundaries your unique gifts stepping in your power and not fixing people is kind of the, oh, the, the biggest, yeah absolutely and exactly after everything to summarize it, it as a perfect summary Gemma. <laughs> and you know um this is what we talked about on magnificent mediumship last night actually is what is protection protection is standing in your power when you're in your power so people are going to try and knock you off your perch. That's what's going to happen. But if you're in your power and you practice this every day, then what's going to happen is you're strong, you're knowing, and you always know the answers for you. 
Gemma, how can we find you? How can people find you? So the Intuitive Entrepreneur on Facebook. You have got the Shine Academy and I'm going to be on there. I'm so damn excited to be a part of this. Nice to have you Uh, in it. (laughs) It's so cool that we can do each other's programs, that we can help each other um, on so many different levels as well because you 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 never can do too much of the stuff really. Um, And so that is starting on the 15th of April. Um, the Shine Academy. Um, if you guys want to go deeper into this and actually integrate the change. Um, and so, yeah, Gemma give, is going to give me all of the show, uh, all the details for the show notes. And um, if you were interested in to, to do the Shine Academy, now this you don't just do it one off. Now there is there will be a waiting list as well, I'm sure. So um, yeah, if you missed that opportunity, still um, reach out, reach out and follow you because you've got some great content. Um, is there anything you want to add before we we hop off? We've gone a little bit over time, but it's been so fun. It's been awesome. Yeah, you know, I've got loads of free training in my group, so feel free to come and join and, and check that out. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of things, including shadow work. We've got some shadow work training in there too. Um, and, um, yeah, any questions at all, you can reach me through the group. You can reach me through social media. Um, and, yeah, I'll send Victoria my details on my website. and. Um, yeah, if anyone has any questions, just give me a shout. But come in, join the group, and yeah, it's been great. It's been great to speak to you, speak to you all. Um, it's been great to. I don't even know really where where this time has gone. <laughs> We've talked about so many things. Right, so yeah, thank you so much the, for having me. The danger when Jim and I get together. This is probably why we're on each <laughs> the different sides of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Gemma. It has been a real honour. You are, yeah, cranking. I love it. And um, we will see you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for joining the Release Your Blocks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. So please leave a review and tell me what your favorite takeaway from today was. There is so much more from where this came from. You can also find me at Holistic Energy Shifting on Facebook, where you can find more content, more coaching, and more guidance. Have a grand and glorious day, and I'll see you next time.